coming up on the Louis Diaz podcast. It's a constant learning and growing and reflecting and also compassionately observing myself in certain situations and what triggers are there and where am I going back to my teenage self or my, my child self. And so, yeah, it's a constant journey. Hi, and welcome to the Louis Diaz podcast, the podcast where you'll meet some of the most fascinating and incredible people from all walks of life. And together, we're inviting you in to be our special guest as we take you through some of their amazing experiences, adventures, and journeys. So sit back and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Louis Diaz podcast. Today, it is a great pleasure to bring back to you one of my original guests, someone that I really love, I really love watching from afar, someone that actually reflecting on it, how early on you were in my podcasting experience, I feel like it's been a big year for both of us since we last caught up, and I'm so grateful to have you on, Hamaima. I'm so happy to be back here. Thank you, Louis. Actually, you were my very first podcast when we met one year ago. And I still look back to it as like my favorite because I felt we had a very beautiful connection. I felt very relaxed and you made a beautiful edit with it. So it sounded all wonderful as well. So I've done a few since, but yours was really my favorite. So thank you for having me. Thank you. That does make me feel special. You've definitely boosted my ego here a little bit, Hamaima, <laughs> um, but... You know, you, you really do make it easy. You have such an interesting story. And maybe I can just start off by introducing you a little bit since our last episode. Uh, it was maybe October last year when we originally spoke. And in that episode, which, by the way, I listened to today, just to sort of uh, catch up on it, it was really an introduction to you and your life and how you sort of transformed yourself from the the childhood and upbringing that you had and then you know, doing equestrian events and even studying law at one point to then helping people and taking people on spiritual journeys through um, discovery of plant medicines and everything that happened in between. And I feel like we covered so much in that episode, but I want to encourage the audience so that we don't cover any of that old ground again in this episode. If you want to get to know Hamaima a little bit better, I recommend that you listen to episode seven, Remembering with Hamaima. We gave it a beautiful name because you talked about what you do and what you help people do is remembering who they truly are. And it's such a beautiful but interesting concept. Do you want to just touch on that for a second? Mm -hmm. Yeah, first of all, it was wonderful for me also to do that episode because it made me reflect on my journey and how it all started and what has changed and where I'm at. And so longer you are on this path, it crystallizes somehow what is your purpose and what is your unique magic you bring. And for me, and I feel for many light workers, of course, it is that we remember that we are walking each other home, right? Ramdas said that so beautifully, and that we remember who we are and where we come from. That's why I say remember each other, because we're all one. And there's this beautiful connection. And sometimes we forget and we live very much in this world of separation and this world of polarity. But more and more we remember the unity and the connection of us all and our divine origin right so that is really what i was talking about in the first episode with you mm, yeah and you know I, I think reflecting back on that episode as well i remember uh, us talking about you know what your plans for the future were and 
You touched on a little bit of what you had envisioned for 2023. And one of the reasons that I was really looking forward to having you come back is because I know that there's been some twists and turns in your story this year as well. I'm always really fascinated to catch up with people again to go, oh, okay, so things changed for you. How how did you handle that? And and how does the work that you do and you being the primary beneficiary of the work that you do, right? Because you're constantly immersed in that world. How does it help you navigate challenging situations and twists and turns in your own life? That's what I really want to come, get into with you. But how about you take us through to what's been happening in the last 10 months since we caught up? Yeah, interestingly, when we caught up, I think I was still, um, everything was going quite well and uh, excited about my season in Guatemala. And then the universe had other beautiful plans for me and I was struggling a little bit with my health. And now looking back, I'm still you know, working on it, but looking back, it was really a little bit of a wake-up call and a call to rest. Uh, I think I might have mentioned in the last episode that my father passed and then my brother passed, I think very shortly before that episode that we did. And additionally to that, my divorce came through and it was kind of everything happening in a bit more than a year. And I'm usually in the Mayan Cosmovision, I'm the sun and the sun is shining bright and action all the time. I don't really do winters, you know, always following the sun and uh, sharing my work and I don't take much rest so when your job is also your vocation and your life then it's easy to just carry on and I feel like I hadn't given myself time to grieve and to recover from these three main masculine players in my life excusing themselves from the scene, right? So, and then also with the divorce was this worry about financial security. Okay, now I'm really on my own. And that put pressure. And I think that was the last bit that was too much. And then I, my body showed me to rest and to come back to myself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a completely side note and thank you for sort of recapping all that. And I'm glad that you're feeling better by the way, but you also look great. I love those earrings. And you, what I was thinking while you were talking was you look younger. You do. There's a glow that's coming from you. And, you know, I think last time we spoke, I touched on, I've just get this calm energy that's radiating off the screen when I talk to you. And now I'm looking at you again going, wow, she's just glowing, she looks younger. And when you said that, you know, in the in the mind Cosmovision, your character is the, the sunshine, I was like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. makes sense, makes total sense. Yeah, yeah, I feel uh, taking the rest and maybe taking it a little bit slower helped a lot. And also I left Guatemala a little bit earlier than I would usually, and I went off to Brazil to the Amazon. Cool. Yeah, to do a dieta with the Yawanawa tribe in Acre. And that was uh, six and a half weeks. And it's a very deep study. And you get to spend uh, your time to live within the tribe and really focus on learning, studying, on inner work and so on. So that has been happening since we last spoke as well. And they say it's like they're sowing a seed. And then slowly, slowly, this seed is kind of, you know, you get a little plant and then it's growing into a tree with flowers. And so maybe that's what you can also see that has been growing this beautiful tree that is giving you more strength more light possibly Mm. Mm. talk to me a little bit about that experience in the amazon actually 
obviously, as you touched on, your vocation is your life and you're constantly, you know, living this world of, I guess you would call it spiritual guidance. Is that a good way of phrasing it? And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I, it's a constant learning and growing and reflecting and also compassionately observing myself in certain situations and what triggers are there and where am I going back to my teenage self or my, my child self. And so, yeah, it's a constant journey, really. Mm. And so I guess you, I'm just trying to contextualize it for people that, you know, maybe don't have any idea of this world. It's like to continue to upskill maybe is a good way of putting it. So you might end up in, you know, the Amazon with tribes doing some actual learnings and some study as you put it. How does that all come about? Are you connected with people in those scenes and where does one start to go into all of that? (laughs) Yeah, maybe first of all, not everyone has to go spend two months uh, with a tribe in the Amazon. You know, there are so many beautiful ways and especially for some of your listeners who maybe are relatively new to this world, there's small steps that can be very effective as well. Just bringing more mindfulness, more sacredness in one's life, um, maybe going and trying new modalities, things that we maybe a few years ago we would have rejected to open ourselves for new experiences and to listen to podcasts like this where there are people who are who chose a different path right a bit of an alternative way of living we know or you know i have lived a nomadic lifestyle for eight years for example for a lot of people this is kind of unthinkable Mm -hmm. (laughs) right so yeah there are many many ways of doing things a little bit differently and maybe thinking out of the box and saying okay this time i maybe it's not so important anymore to do this 9 to 5 job or maybe i can do 4 days a week instead of 5 maybe this one day i can use to spend more time with my children or in nature and come to myself and get out of that rat race a bit and make do something a little bit different right so for me for example because i've been doing this for many many years this different looks very different to somebody who maybe has just started but it's for me of course it was also very gradual so one thing after the other led to me then going off to do something like that you know so yeah it's a journey yeah okay and is this something that you and again for context for the audience is this something that you continue to strive to do you're always learning you're always upskilling there's something else for you to some other knowledge for you to gain is that kind of what i'm picking up yeah on on the one hand yes and it's good to learn new things and do more courses and attend more ceremonies and so on but there's also the, the shadow side to it where some people just keep doing that and one experience after the other and one course after the other. And I feel it's very important also that we start uh, sharing our own work and sharing our own magic. So it's like how much more does one have to learn to show yourself and to show up and say, this is who I am and I serve cacao and I sing to that and I take you on a journey and this is what I know and this is what I share and I will share this and of course the work will evolve and change and so on that is also important all the learning is great but sometimes we also get uh, lost in that as well and maybe that comes from a feeling of I'm not good enough I don't know enough yet so I need another certificate so I can share my work right so it's kind of a balance you need to find yeah yeah I really love that because I think it was a few years ago that I was thinking of going back to study at like university or something and 
you hear stories about people who are able to find their life's calling or you know find a way of being able to live a fulfilled and, and successful quote unquote life without necessarily having had to study and one of the things that i remember telling myself back then at the time was you've already got all of the tools that you need to take you where you want to go in life like mm-hmm. stop grasping on to the idea that you need to learn more and be more in order to get to that next level so i can completely mm-hmm. relate to that but last time we spoke to you you were coming to us from lake atatlan in guatemala and yes. then obviously since then you just mentioned that you you did a, a couple of months almost in the amazon and where are you now like for everyone back home a bit less exotic i'm in germany <laughs> countryside of Germany where my mum lives so the artwork you see behind is my mum's artwork so she's also a healer and interestingly I thought she would be here for one week and then I have one week on my own but she was already uh, we saw each other briefly then she went on holidays so I just spent two weeks here on my own in the countryside of Germany yeah also very interesting yeah yeah okay yeah maybe less exotic to some exotic to me because I've never been there before I'm sure it's beautiful Um, Mm -hmm. And so talk to us a little bit about, you know, what happened in that last, like I said, 10 months in your life and potentially some of the the things that changed from your plans last year and maybe some of the things that went really well. And yeah, take us through Mm -hmm. that because, yeah. Yeah, usually I would spend quite a long time in Guatemala and offer my work there and also support different spaces with shamans there. And, you know, the year before had gone really well and... Uh, my ceremonies were always full and they were weekly, weekly ceremonies and I was kind of expecting, oh, it's going to be the same again. And interestingly, I think I mentioned last time, like Atitlan is a vortex, right? So everything changes. It's what already is true of there's always change and everything there it goes very fast and uh, it's very fast learning and growing and if you're open to it you will receive the teachings in either gentle way or if you're not so open it will come a little bit more forceful and yeah (laughs) i think we all know that if we don't listen the messages get a little bit um, harder right yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and so and i don't want to pause you in the middle of your story but can you explain the word vortex a a little more i mean you touched on it in our last episode but i was like oh i might need some clarification on what you mean by Mm -hmm. vortex it seems like an Mm -hmm. abstract notion if you haven't already find us on instagram facebook youtube or tiktok where you can catch additional content and grace us with your thoughts thanks again and enjoy the rest of the episode I would say it's like a massive accumulation of energy in one place. And there are many vortexes on the planet that people talk about. So I would say Hawaii, Glastonbury, maybe Ibiza in Australia. So there's also, if you look into the chakras of the earth, for example, they are vortexes. So, you know, if you want to look into that, it's just a concentrated energy. So meaning if you enter this vortex, then it's going to be an amplified experience and amplified healing, growing. Sometimes it's too much. You have to leave because you just can't stand it. You know, not ready yet or you have done what you needed to do there. So for me, it was a little bit like, okay, I, as I said, I wasn't quite well with my health and what also came with that that I couldn't be in the sun now Guatemala means eternal spring and every day when I'm there during this time is sun 
and it's hot and I just couldn't be in the sun and I just felt like I'm in this magical place but I can't be outside what's going on and plus having to really take rest and not being able to do much because I was exhausted and was processing all that grief and everything that was coming up then I thought okay maybe my time here is over maybe this is it with Lake Atitlan and it was very difficult because I have family there you know I feel like this is my heart family and I work with them and it would be really difficult not to spend a lot of time there but somehow I felt the lady of the lake because the spirit of the lake kicked me out and so that's why I decided to leave quite early via Brazil then to Germany and my idea was that this is happening because I needed more in Europe I needed more especially in Germany so for example because Lake Atitlan is such a vortex that's why there are so many healers shamans teachers and is oversaturated almost with offerings so I felt okay if we all hang around the vortex and offer our work it's great but what about the people who really need it and who can't travel to Guatemala and other places so I was like okay let's just see if I can find a way to ground myself after being nomadic for such a long time in Europe so that was kind of the idea uh, <laughs> I haven't been doing so well with that I must admit uh, it's, uh, I haven't quite found a base and since then I feel like maybe it's going to be a little bit longer of this nomadic life because I can't seem to land yeah, I mean, I can imagine after eight years of being nomadic, it's an adjustment period, right? And it probably takes longer than one might appreciate. But also mm -hmm. because settling down somewhere and, and I guess grounding yourself there and building roots there, I mean, it's a big deal to do that. So you want to make sure that you choose the right place, that it feels right for you as well, and that you feel welcome there too. Um, mm -hmm. Because you talked about being in like Atitlan and having you know being surrounded by these light workers and these shamans and all these healers and I guess your family that you put it your heart family you know you really had a tribe there and mm. so I guess coming back to the German countryside and I don't want to make any assumptions but I mm. can imagine that there's probably less people like you around there and therefore finding a tribe as you put it, I think last time as well, find your tribe, that's mm -hmm. what you said to us, mm -hmm. is a real key part of you finding roots in Germany, right? Like, it's not just about sure. the location, but it's about the people that you're surrounded by. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can And interestingly, Berlin, I have a tribe, which is really beautiful, and there's also a lot of light workers in Berlin. But living in a big city like that, hmm, not sure. And interestingly, I, you know, with all these intentions to ground, since I arrived from Brazil, I have moved every week. <laughs> so I haven't really landed, and I've traveled many places and offered my work in many places. We had some beautiful retreats in Sweden, in Austria, in Berlin. I was in, in London. And I'm just about to go off again to London and to Ireland. So it hasn't really happened. And also I put myself under pressure. So this traveling comes so easily to me, but the landing somewhere seems almost impossible. And I was like, but maybe I have to make it happen now. And then a friend of mine said, but it happens when it happens. 
so don't worry. And I said, ah, true, because if I force somewhere now and I just choose a place randomly, I can make it work. But as you said, it might be very lonely at the start because how many like-minded souls are there? It's a bit harder to find in the countryside in Germany, right? There are some, of course. So yeah, so I didn't do too well in grounding myself, really. And I'm actually going back to Guatemala as well for three months. So right. okay. <laughs> after all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, I guess someone in your position where this notion that, you know, some of us are familiar with, others might be less familiar with this notion of energy and feeling energy and feeling called to do something where I would say that you're far more in tune in that area than me <laughs> and maybe uh, some of my listeners for sure. But for me, it's kind of synonymous with a, like a path of least resistance way of living that you decide that, you know, you go where the energy takes you, where it feels right. And that's where you go. And so, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it doesn't you don't strike me as the kind of person that would want to force grounding yourself and building roots in a place. It just doesn't doesn't feel like Hermione yeah. is, is that person. I feel like it would yeah. happen when it just happens, like your friend said. Yeah, it's interesting because there's a part of me that is not wanting something and this nomadic lifestyle can't offer this. There's a part of me that really wants a dog, for example. I want my all my instruments in one place and I want to have a home to come back to, which is mine. So that part is kind of yearning for that. But I think the part who is wanting to travel and to share in different places and going where I'm called to, that is much more dominant still, I guess. So I need to maybe find ways to offer this part that is longing for home, an alternative somehow to a physical place. So maybe this is what I can work on. And we just had the Leo new moon and my moon is in Leo. And for me, it was really obvious it's about self-love and self-care. Sometimes as a light worker, we're very good at helping everyone. And before this, I was a social worker and you help everyone and you're doing everything. But for yourself, it's like uh, even cooking for myself is too much or I don't want to spend so much time. You know, it's interesting. So this, I have a real beautiful journey and a learning when it comes to self-care and self-love and stopping a bit and taking a break in Guatemala. That was the start of it. You need to stop because you haven't given yourself any time for your own grieving process, for example, and that's why this health challenge appeared. And it's nothing major, but was enough to stop me in my tracks a little bit and exactly what I needed that spending more time on my own and being very gentle with myself and not so much guns blazing right uh, I had a beautiful cut the other day and um, it's actually the sun and what's beautiful was shine brightly and share your rays of light gently because when the fire is uh, stoked too much you, it, it destroys right and it will also destroy yourself so shine brightly but share your rays gently and that I thought that was really beautiful it is very nice just for the people who are only listening, what kind of card was that that you showed us? <laughs> they are called Oracle cards. So it's actually my friend made it who lives in Berlin. Sarah is her name. Uh, some people might know tarot cards. So it's a very traditional deck where people do readings. But then you get these Oracle cards that are, yeah, everyone can use them. You don't need to learn uh, a certain spread. There's another one from Alana Fairchild. She has a lot of decks out and she's very beautiful, beautiful artwork. And then you can use them in the morning. Maybe you have a decision to take or you feel a little bit off. Then it's like, okay. With the intention to have guidance, I will pull a card. It's always spot on. Even sometimes you're like, 
no, truly not. I don't want to hear that. You know, put the card back, take another one, and then you get the same one or you get a similar one. So, okay, fair enough. I, li- <laughs> ah, I listen. You can't yeah. game it. You can't game it at all. It has to, you know, it is what it is. That's interesting. And, you know, funny enough, someone did a tarot reading for me last night and that was a great experience. I've had some card readings before, but, yeah, it's not something I do regularly. But mm-hmm. it's funny that you, you talked a little bit then about healers being probably really great at healing everyone else but not necessarily good at looking after themselves. Mm-hmm. And just for our audience, um, Hamima and I caught up over a phone call about six weeks ago. And now it makes sense why you got so excited when I was cooking dinner and you asked me what I was cooking for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, you don't, you're not looking after yourself. You need me there to be cooking for you, Hamima. I'm a good cook. <laughs> Someone needs I to do. look after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you, you've obviously touched on like the health side of things and, and being stopped in your tracks. And that's a really important lesson to learn, right? It's not something that you'll want to go through, but it's something that I'm glad that you can appreciate the positive side of that. And one of the reasons why I love having you on my podcast is because you remind me that there's other ways of thinking and other ways of being in this world, that you know, there's ways of looking at things differently and there's ways of reframing things. And I feel like you do it so beautifully you know i got stopped in my tracks i got ill but that was a reminder that i had to look after myself more Mm. Um, yeah i love that about you it's really important for everyone there are these little signals from your body so maybe you get a bit of a tense neck or you often get a cold or your belly is not quite right and there is nothing major but it's a start of something so it's your body saying i need some attention here you're not giving yourself enough care or you're not tuning into the inner child. So when we feel, for example, there's a lot of anxiety, it's really beautiful to tune into what we call the inner child. And it's like, okay, imagine there's a little four-year-old of you living there in the belly or in the heart. And it's really nice every morning to check in and say, how are you today? I'm really anxious. So what can I do to make you feel more relaxed? Can you just hold me for a moment? So it's like, okay, so we stay in bed a little bit longer and you just give yourself a hug and it's like breathe long and deeply, for example, and you say to the little one, you are safe, we are safe, it's all going to be okay, you know. So it's really a beautiful way to do this other than, okay, I have a bellyache, I need some painkillers, I need to carry on. These little signs from the body, if we don't pay attention, they turn into something bigger because this energy becomes denser, right? So we don't pay attention, so the energy becomes denser, denser, denser. It's not bad energy, it just becomes denser. And then it can grow into a terrible thing, like a tumor or something or worse. And then, okay, now we have to go to hospital and it takes a few months. You know, so that's why I say the lessons get tougher, right? The universe is kind, but it also needs us to learn and it gives like simple, like clear messages. But if we are too busy to realize, then it's going to become a little bit more forceful, as I said. So I'm really um, recommending to your listeners to be very aware of what's your body communicating to you and use this alternative method. So it's really good to have a homeopath or a herbalist and have body work regularly to just keep the body and keep the energy flowing so this energy can't accumulate, no? this denser energy. And then you're okay. And yeah, sometimes we need to go through the harder maybe health problems to really see and change. You know, you hear people that have cancer and they often say, 
thank God this happened because otherwise I would have never changed my way of life, right? Mm. So yeah. yeah, it's actually it's frightening how mm-hmm. common it is to hear people yeah. say, "Oh, you know, thank God I, you know, like you said, it's it sounds weird to say it mm-hmm. because <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's like thank God I had cancer. You know, you mm-hmm. get, I've heard that more than once, and I'm yeah, it's it's a different way of looking yeah. at things for sure. But yeah. I guess you know, you talked about a little bit as well, like the energies, the masculine energies in your life, kind of all sort of you know going away. Mm-hmm in a way and so was that an important thing to recognize that the masculine energies have really changed in your life and then you know what do you mm-hmm. what do you therefore then go and do about that when you really have those realizations do you act yeah. upon that in some way i mean it was difficult because also we've been separated four and a half years and since then there was one fling but nothing else so there's always this yearning in me for a partner you know and there's a lot that the masculine energy brings as well so at for at least for me, there's always a safety, this grounding, support that maybe my ex-husband was offering me, right? And I didn't have much of that from my father growing up. So maybe I was projecting that a bit onto my husband. So it was possibly a little bit too much for him to carry. But yeah, I was really calling in this energy in my life. And then interestingly, these male energies disappeared somehow, <laughs> or at least in this realm. And my other brother stepped in really beautifully. I'm very grateful. He was saying, okay, we need to get you registered somewhere. You need health insurance and, you know, all the pragmatic, practical things. And I was very grateful because I'm floating about, maybe not so much in the... 3D world, but a bit more in the 5D. And so sometimes it's good to for somebody to say, okay, let's get this a little bit more organized here for you. So you are, you know, I'm really grateful so that he was sorting that all out for me. And yeah, there's this wish to call in a partner very much. And there's really not much happening. <laughs> and of course, there's always, it's a reflection of what's, what's inside. So there's something that I'm looking for on the outside. I'm looking for in a man that I feel I can't give myself and that I can't provide myself. And as long as I'm looking on the outside, possibly this man won't turn up, right? So it's a big learning. And uh, of course, you could attract some partner. I'm sure somebody would be <laughs> open. Uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not beating down the door, Hamima. Lining up. But uh, that would not be, of course, that would come and meet that energy in me that is one of luck, maybe, or I can't give myself this, or I'm needing that. So maybe it's not worth going through that, and it's rather to really focus on the uh, inside job that's the inner work and see, okay, how can I bring this all in harmony? How can I offer myself what I do need? And then if somebody comes and meets that, then that's beautiful, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really like that. You're making me think and reflect a lot, actually, on, you know, previous relationships and maybe what I was actually seeking from that other person, you know, what you said makes a lot of sense when I look at it that way. Um, (laughs) And yeah, yeah, it must be a challenging thing to sit there and think, oh, why am I looking for that externally? What is it that I can give myself? It's not always an easy question to answer, I imagine. But also, Mm -hmm. you don't strike me as the kind of person that would download an app and start swiping, you know, (laughs) on a dating app either. So I have done, I have done. You have? Not very successfully, so. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) 
Oh boy, I'm gonna come clean with our listeners and tell them that I do not like dating apps. I just I'm mm-hmm. old fashioned like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's the world we live in, and I'm so glad we got here into this part of the conversation because I feel like some of the other things that we talk about can be kind of abstract at times for people, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Hamima dates too, guys. <laughs> we all need love. Exactly. Um, yeah. But we all like. I think last time we spoke, we spoke on the phone a little bit, and you mentioned to me that you know one of the things that you recognised this year was that you wanted to get a bit more involved in men's work and be more supportive towards men, which I found really interesting because I feel like you're just a very generally a supportive person. So, you know, why was it that you were called to do that? Yeah, I think it's very much connected to um, what we just talked about because it's, okay, so where are men at in general? And I, yeah, maybe I can share a little story or a little encounter I had with one of my dear friends in Berlin. Uh, We were talking about dating and so I was like, oh God, I'm really tired of it and there's nobody and, you know, I'm really getting a bit frustrated and men are not ready yet and they're not there yet and... So and he really stopped me. He looked at me very sternly and he said, you need to stop. I was like, okay, you need to stop criticizing men. I was like, okay. So really, it was so important to him that I listened and that it, it hit home. You need to stop. And he said, we are tired. You know, we are tired of fighting. We've been fighting in wars for thousands of years. We've been fighting for the love of our fathers. We've been fighting to fulfill expectations and to be seen. And we are tired. And all we want is softness. But what we get from you is harshness and criticism. And I was like, I almost cried because I was like, Oh God, you're right. He said, you're talking to a lot of people, you're sharing on Instagram and you are sharing, people listen. And this is the last thing we need, that you criticize men, uh, that you say most men are not there yet. And then I was like, you're absolutely right. And what I say with it, when I say men are not there yet, is also I totally have responsibility. My inner masculine, and that's hence I haven't maybe attracted a partner, is not quite there yet. Maybe because I have a lot of male energy. My sign is the sun. You know, this comes with a lot of that. And I have criticized that. And maybe I have made that wrong. And at some point it was quite distorted because there's too much force and too much guiding. And I need to be the one here who is saying what's going on, you know. So it's like, okay, I need to soften towards my own masculine. And I need to, in my action, show that it's not just empty words, but I mean it. I want to support the masculine men that are reflecting my own male energy within me, right? So um, I have beautiful friends. One of them was on your podcast, Sean, and he works with men. So he was, I think, part of Sacred Sons. They're based in the U.S. and he has now Sons of the West uh, created this. You can follow on Instagram and he does his men's work now in the West of Australia, right, I think he is and so this is a beautiful man I like to support and we check in and he's very knowledgeable in this and he has taught me a lot and they're as I said sacred sons and they also is connected to them as sons youth I think they're doing rites of passage for young men and yeah there are many many if you just uh, google a little bit and look there's many men who offer this work now for other men for other brothers for teenagers for fathers and their sons and I feel it's 
possibly the most important work that needs to be done right now. And a beautiful friend of mine, a beautiful medicine man, he said, we need to break this pattern of fathers who don't have enough self-worth to be able to love their sons. Generations and generations of fathers, because of a lack of self-worth, they couldn't love their sons. And then those sons... They give that to their sons and further and further it goes. And there we have these men that have not experienced love and not experienced self-worth. And then it comes possibly out in aggression and power struggles and wanting to be seen and deep insecurity and deeply wounded. Their inner child, as we said before, is deeply wounded. So now then comes me <laughs> as a strong woman and uh, I know what I want. I stand in my power and I go my path. These men who have a lack of self-worth and have not experienced that love, they feel threatened by me, for example, right? So they would just like, no, thank you very much. This is going to be too complicated. It's going to be too hard. So I'm not doing it out of selfish reasons, but I see how so many uh, strong women wanting to call in a partner and it's just not happening, right? It's not just for us having partners, but it's to bring back harmony to humanity. We need to empower the masculine and not through pushing and forcing, no, to softening towards and celebrating the masculine, right? Oh, yeah, I found it really interesting there at the beginning of your story as well, how, you know, you, you gave us that story or that interaction with your friend and how your friend sort of pulled you up and then you kind of realized that there was, you know, an element of criticism that was coming out of you. And I always feel like when we criticize others, I feel like we're, we also inherently do that to ourselves as well, which you touched on there as well, referring to your own masculine side. Maybe you're being critical of that too. But to get to a point where you then felt like, oh, I need to be less critical and more loving mm -hmm. that's an interesting place to get to because i'm not sure that that's the first connection many people would make it's like mm -hmm. the, the i feel like the first connection people make is to criticize more i'm guilty of that for sure but also yeah it kind of took me you kind of took me back to reflections that i've been having about the last 12 months since i broke up with my ex-partner for example and you know as an amazing a person as she is I also had to reflect and go yeah I haven't had to stand up for myself at all in these last 12 months like it's kind of been a nice break from being kind of attacked here or there just for being me so yeah I feel like we could all use a little bit more love and kindness in society in general so yeah, yeah, so true. We are, we are fast to criticize and uh, judge, of course, and also judge ourselves. So it's always good to be our harshest critics. That comes easily. And then if somebody says, be your own cheerleader and what is what do you love about yourself? What are you good at? We can't think of anything, right? But if what you're not good at, we can come up with 10 things at least. So we just to retrain ourselves. Okay, we are not good at everything but we're really great at certain things and to own that as well. And it's not arrogant. It's just like, no, you are really good at painting. So own it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm, for example, yeah. Yeah. And, and so I guess obviously, and you spoke about Sean, he's someone that you're supporting. And for every, everyone who's trying to recall who Sean was, it was episode 16 it was uh, changing trajectory with Sean. And yeah, I guess, how do you bring that notion of wanting to be more supportive to those masculine energies closer to home for you? Because, you know, Sean's all the way out in Western Australia and you're in the German countryside. How does that mm -hmm. look for you there? 
yeah, for myself, of course, like reflecting again in my interactions and so on. And what just came to me, for example, I'm holding a cacao ceremony here in this beautiful space at my mom's. Um, I do that regularly and that will be balancing masculine and feminine energies. So we will, I will take people on a journey to meet their own masculine, but that also represents the collective masculine and to just see them in front of them and see the pain that they carry and the armor that they carried, the armor they had to carry for such a long time, but the armor is kind of not fitting anymore. There's some cracks in it and they really want to lay down their weapons and their armor, but they're not quite knowing how to do it, for example. So in that journey that I take people on, they see how this man, their own masculine representative for the collective, will take off the armor. And who is he then? What qualities does he bring? And sometimes we are even masculine is almost like a friend of mine teaches at university. And he said, for some of them, masculine is almost like a bad word now. When you say somebody is masculine, it has negative connotations. I'm like, that's terrible. You know, but because we are now so programmed that the masculine and the patriarchy and everything is terrible, that we forget the beautiful characteristics of, a, of the sacred masculine. So I'm trying to remember, remind people of that. You know, what is the sacred masculine? What does it bring? What does it stand for? And that's beautiful to remember. You know, we get so much programmed now that this masculine all these yeah, things that we don't maybe relate to anymore but there's such beautiful characteristics as well that we need to remember mm, yeah I do love that because you know I'm a man <laughs> and <laughs> I think uh, it can be challenging to be walking around society just having been born who I am and some people will say, oh, we, you know, you're privileged and all these. And I don't subscribe to those things because I appreciate that I have a unique journey in this world and a, a unique life and a unique body and a unique opportunities that, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate that many other people don't. Mm -hmm. um, but I think today what I've noticed is that we're constantly looking to put guilt on people first in the mainstream. And you'll hear words like toxic masculinity, which I think is similar to what you said your art teacher friend was referring to, right? And I feel like that stuff is incredibly dangerous for society because firstly, I think femininity can be toxic too, if masculinity can. <laughs> And mm -hmm. so we should call that out. And just like you, I think there is so much beauty in that innate masculine side. And same with women. When you see a woman that's just like, you know, owning her space, it's powerful. It's attractive. Mm -hmm. It's awe-inspiring. You can appreciate it. And I love that. Um, and I believe yeah. that men can have that too. And I'm glad mm -hmm. that you're part, you know, that you're part of these acknowledgements and you're part of this work. Mm -hmm. Because like yeah. you touched on, Sean's doing the stuff with the sacred sons. And I feel like, yeah, so much of it can come from men but some of it like we need great women like you Hamima to you know also be part of that stance yeah. if you will yeah I'm very excited about this work and I see more and more of this is happening and it's interesting because long not long time ago but when I lived in New Zealand for a little while I started doing women's work and uh, that was maybe 2016 17 and I never imagined myself as somebody who holds women's circles and talks about the moon time and so on. I never thought I would be that kind of woman. But then I moved to New Zealand and somehow it all came my way. And that was very important, but also for me at the time. Because when I came there, I was very much in my masculine, you know. So it's like, ah, softness needs to be coming in. The energies of the goddess, working with the goddess archetypes and working with really beautiful female facilitators there. 
it's, I think what exactly what we teach or what we focus on our energy on is exactly what we need right now, right? So now I need to balance my masculine or maybe strengthen my masculine by bringing softness and by, by seeing it and celebrating it. So that's why I'm drawn to support these spaces that work with young men. And this is really all so connected. This is for my own learning, for my own growing, for my own bringing more harmony into my own being yeah yeah it's really great to hear that you're having those reflections and i also love that you touched on yeah well you know life has its ebbs and flows and we can choose different paths depending on the energy that we're feeling called to in life It, it can be at different times you know just because you are doing women's circles for a few years of your life doesn't mean that that's what you have to be doing forever I guess, and that's the beautiful, that's one of the things I really appreciate about you and your lifestyle is that it's energy-based and you go where you feel cold. And that mm-hmm. is such an underrated thing because I feel like, and I touch on this in other episodes, for example, I interviewed this wonderful young German girl, actually, uh, who's mm-hmm. an artist, and her name's Marin, and she um, she talks about just taking it really slow in her early 20s because she doesn't want to get stuck into a job and a career, for example, that doesn't serve her higher self, her higher purpose, and, and then get to that realization 20 years down the track when she feels like it might be too late and you can't turn back time. So I love that you go where you feel called, um, mm-hmm. and that's maybe something that I really wanted to express to the audience because it's not something we talk about enough mm-hmm. yeah maybe sometimes i also go where i wasn't cold and i got it wrong you know happens <laughs> oh, but that's i want to hear those stories i don't know if we two places where but there was also gold in it as well it's not quite how you expected it but there's oh okay no yeah i, I learned something here you know it's kind of yeah so sometimes i of course i get it maybe not wrong but i definitely imagine it to be differently and then it's like okay this didn't quite work out maybe me feeling I was called there came a little bit from my ego right and not quite from my soul maybe I just wanted it to be that way and then it's okay it's not to be feel bad about oneself it's just like okay I did that wasn't so great but Mm. (laughs) it's okay yeah yeah yeah, I'm curious, you know, like it's a huge change for you to be back in Europe from being in Central America and South America for so long. And when you land in Europe and you go home, for example, to your home, mm-hmm. home, what is the energy that you feel there? What is that experience like for you? I mean, it's always after spending a long time, for example, in Guatemala, which is a, where I stay, it's a small Mayan village. There's not even a proper road. And then, of course, in the jungle, it's very remote. So I quite enjoy getting in the car and driving <laughs> driving somewhere or going to a nice restaurant or so. It's quite nice. Uh, but it, what it's interesting, and I'm lucky because my mom is a healer and we really are on the same wavelength and it's very easy to understand and talk. The rest of the family is not like that. So, And also a lot of people who live here are not like this. So it's sometimes good reality check to see, okay, Sometimes when we are spending a lot of time in these vortexes, like Lake Atitlan, we think, okay, so everybody is more or less in this kind of certain energy and we are getting somewhere. 
And then you come to places like this and it's like a lot of people who are kind of in very dense energies and they are not really open to see anything beyond this physical reality. They are maybe scared of it. They, don't, they are not open to it. It's often it comes with taking a lot of medications. You know, when people get older, they are on a lot of medication. Their, their diet is not good. Especially here, there's a lot of beer drinking and meat eating and so on. And you see that most people over a certain age, they have problems to walk. Their vitality is very low and they age very quickly and it's very sad to see because it doesn't have to be that way but on the other hand those souls have also chosen to study polarity and to be in those energies still and it's all totally okay this is what they have chosen to do so it's not for us to judge and say why don't you become vegan why don't you do this no you do you and i do me if you want inspiration if you want to know what i do and why my life is as it is then please ask But don't preach, you know, preaching really doesn't help because then people feel a bit patronized and you achieve the opposite, I feel. Yeah, that's so true. And that's a, such a great reflection. I feel like I live in a society where at times there's a lot of preaching. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right, it comes across as patronizing. And I feel guilty for saying that I'm not vegetarian or vegan sometimes. I'm like, I, I watch mm -hmm. the way I deliver that message. You know, but you know, I'm South American. Some of our most traditional foods, you know, have meat in them. And it's funny because even though I don't eat a lot of meat, one of the things about food for me is that I look at food as in like a celebration of culture. And so if like my, my mom or if a family friend is giving me a an arepa from <laughs> Venezuela, which I'm not sure if you've seen or eaten those, right? It's going to probably have meat in it and I'm going to enjoy that mm -hmm. because that's, you know, it's, it tastes like my childhood. It mm -hmm. tastes like my culture, my heritage. Mm. So, yeah, I find that really interesting mm -hmm. that you said that. But I am curious as to, because you said, you know, if you want to know what I do, like, please ask. But I feel like, is there a balance between the two? Like, obviously, you don't want to be preaching, which is really great <laughs> to know that that's not who you want to be. <laughs> But also, you might not necessarily get asked anytime soon. How do you become, oh, this, is a, this is not the right way of phrasing this, but maybe you can help me tease it out. How do you ensure that your wisdom is felt within your community and how your influence can be asserted in your community mm -hmm. without necessarily waiting to be asked and without preaching because yeah, yeah. you're here you're only on this planet for a short time you have these gifts you have this knowledge you have this wisdom you're here to share it <laughs> <laughs> true too yeah on the one hand it's very much in the energy field you know so maybe we have talked about it last time but it's just even if i don't say anything there will be some benefit for those who are in my field and it's not just me and i'm special I think if you do a lot of work on yourself, you hold that in your energetic field. So like you said before, you feel, oh, it's very calm when you speak to me because this is kind of my vibration. So you're like, ah, oh, it's almost so you can like relax. You feel safe, right? So this is already maybe enough for some people. Then other people would come also to my mom. She goes into the supermarket and like strangers say, why do you look so relaxed and so calm? What do you do? You know, they just can't understand how somebody can look so vibrant and then they will ask so lots of people of course don't ask but um, they you can feel they are curious and because i dress differently especially for here you know there's definitely
definitely a bit like, hey, <laughs> and that's already enough. I think through dressing differently, you already give a little change in their consciousness. So, and that can be a little seed that is sown. Or when kids, sometimes kids see me and I can't believe it, you know. Uh, it's very beautiful. I love that when that happens. So I have this Merlin coat and then sometimes I have it with my heart and then kids are like, <laughs> can't believe it. <laughs> so this is kind of on a more subtle level, I guess. And then I obviously have my Instagram account and I, I, I try to share reflections and my music and I feel with my music I can already shift a lot of well and I try to bring through through my music I bring the insights that I had or the wisdom that I have or whatever I feel would be helpful so it's kind of amplifying my energy in my music and then of course I offer my my retreats and ceremonies and then if people are curious to come then they get a lot of this and maybe I sometimes preach then even because I, I have this platform and a permission slip to do so and people come because they want to hear a little bit about this and you're also like this today uh, you are asking me so I'm happy to share and I hope it doesn't come across like preaching but you know so that that are obviously platforms where I feel open to share and yeah 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 that that really is great and you touched on a lot of different things there which I'm really glad about right because I guess you know maybe in a way I was trying to know if there was just one thing that you can do that's not preaching that's not waiting to be asked where you know you can assert your influence as well but you're right it's a culmination of a lot of different things and it starts with even how you dress and I because I'm not there where you are in and I've never been to the German countryside by the way and I've sort of lacked the, the grasp on, oh, yeah, of course, you dress the way you dress. And that in itself inherently is going to get people's necks twisting or their mm -hmm. eyes shifting in another direction. And it was funny because before, for the people that are only listening, when Hamama was describing children, when they what they do, when they see you, you were doing a gobsmacked, like <laughs> wide open jaws looking up kind of thing and that's yeah. yeah that's really interesting in itself you're right because it's those it's it's your very presence that like you said it plants those seeds mm -hmm. oh there's something else it's like that curiosity mm -hmm. and i think curiosity is actually so powerful it's a mm -hmm. very powerful seed because it's it, it comes from within right mm -hmm. so if you can yeah. inspire curiosity in people that's more powerful than any kind of preaching you could do yeah and so and of course sometimes people get triggered just by how i am because it triggers in them insecurities or fear or they wish they could be a little bit more free and go with the flow but they don't have the courage for example or they feel they can't they feel limited in their own they have maybe put themselves a bit in a prison And then they feel very triggered when I come. And then I go here and then I go there. And I think I can sometimes tell that people feel there's some judgment. But I also know that it's from their own insecurity or maybe wishing they could do it. But they have, have created themselves this life where it's not possible right now, for example. But, you know, change is always possible as well. And sometimes we think, I, I can't, I surely can't. Don't, yes, you can, everybody can. And we can, tomorrow, a new life can start. This moment, a new life can start. It, it's choice. And sometimes if we feel very stuck, know that every moment is a new beginning. And it doesn't need to mean you move to Guatemala, but it could be you're making one little change and then the next little change. And then one year later, you look back, 
wow, it started with me starting to drink cacao in the morning and making an intention for the day or allowing myself to be more creative and not doing things by the book like that. And that has opened this whole new path. So just so not, so everybody gets reminded that uh, there's a choice and every moment you can choose a different way of doing things. Yeah, and you're so right too that it is, you know, sometimes we're looking for the silver bullet, is it? Is that the term? Uh, we're looking for that quick fix or that instant thing, but you're right. Like it's a culmination of actions over an extended period of time, even little actions. And yeah. I'm guilty of, of not following through with some of my things. I used to have this incredible morning routine and it was very much came from the time that I was doing kundalini yoga and mm -hmm. so there was a couple of exercises from that in there and then there was one part of that morning routine where I used to um, close my my blinds so not let the sunlight in and light a candle and have manifesting style of thoughts with the candle and mm -hmm. Then also what I was doing in those mornings while I was on my commute to work was I would be putting on comedy and laughing, like laughing out loud <laughs> while I was on public transport. And, you know, when you're laughing out loud on public transport, you don't always get good looks. But most of the time, <laughs> people would start laughing with me at what the hell is this guy laughing at? It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I would say about that morning routine was that I noticed some shifts and some changes eventually. Mm -hmm. It wasn't mm -hmm. anything dramatic. It was little things, the candle, the comedy, the laughter. Mm -hmm. But eventually I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, this, this is something different here. There's some energies changing here and I like yeah. what's going on. Yeah. yeah, and the morning routine is meant to be fun as well. So sometimes we set ourselves up for failure because we have this very rigid two-hour or one-hour regime that we have to follow like this and then at some point we just don't want to do it anymore and then there's also often like I'm feeling bad about not doing it anymore so there's some guilt and then then we totally get away from it but uh, it's important it can also change up right it can be a walk in the morning it can be just connecting with nature it can be a meditation it can be dancing singing whatever you feel whatever brings joy Joy is maybe sometimes underrated. So I love it when you say you put on comedy and you laugh out loud because that you bring that energy to this morning commute where everybody's grumpy and tired and then you are having the giggles and uh, inspiring so many, uh, you shifting energy, right? And that's beautiful and doesn't take much. It doesn't take much at all. Even in ourselves as well, sometimes they say just if you feel very down, force yourself to smile and at some point you just shift your entire energy. So it's very simple, but sometimes we are almost sabotaging ourselves. We know it, but we don't do it because we kind of want to wallow in that. <laughs> and that's also okay sometimes, but knowing that there are the tools to really shift it easily and allowing yourself, not punishing yourself with, oh, I haven't done this routine, I feel shit, maybe I deserve to feel shit. No, just get yourself out of it because every mo a moment, as I said, is a new start and this whole guilt thing and <clears throat> maybe shame thing or resentment or whatever we bring towards ourselves is criticism that is not helpful for anyone so there's nothing is won right so we might as well forget about it haven't done our practice for two months is okay start a new one because apparently it wasn't fun anymore you know so it's always like a bit more gentleness with oneself and maybe a bit more tolerance with oneself is 
required. Yeah, and there's so much hope in your message as well, just there, because you're right. Like every morning is a new opportunity to start again. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a way to start your morning than to bring joy. What better way to, than to bring joy? I never thought of it that way. You know, I would say that you could say that that's what I was doing when I ex- explained my routine and and those parts of it i was bringing joy sure but i never intentionally went you know what i'm gonna bring some joy to my day (laughs) and i think it's a great thing to intend it's a great understanding to have to intend Mm -hmm. to start your day in a positive way no matter what because yeah you're right we're rigid so many of us like like you said wallow there's so much fear of change it's like constantly it's like a battle almost to try and move away from that way of being. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's easy when you described maybe some of the people around your society there that maybe could be a little judgmental because they might have their own insecurities. I feel like that's the easier way of being, if I'm honest. I feel like mm-hmm. for me, it's so easy to be stuck and stay the same. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to say it's a program and a lot of people in the society, it's almost like, uh, this complaining and moaning about and um, the, the feeding on the drama and the bickering and maybe talking about co-workers and bitching about, sorry, <laughs> excuse my French, other people is almost like a common thing that one does. And you are, if you're not careful, you get kind of eaten up by that or swallowed with it. And then you do the same thing. And it's good to really for everyone maybe to observe yourself. So what is the culture in your company? Is that a thing that people are like, oh God, I'm so tired. Another day. Or is it like, oh, what a beautiful day. Let's. It's so nice that we're here all together. Let's make it a good day. You know, it takes uh, like rephrasing a little bit or just rethinking or one person to bring this energy rather than always having this culture of complaining and moaning, you know, because, yeah, it's easily done. And if everybody does it, you easily get into doing it as well. And it's hard maybe to swim against the stream and uh, saying, I'm doing it differently. I'm bringing some cacao to the office and and have everybody drink some cacao or, you know, give a compliment or give a praise to each one or little things that help you break out and will make a big difference also for the team and for your co-workers and everyone who is involved. Um, yeah, so it takes a little bit of self-assurance, I guess, and uh, intention, but it does also doesn't take so much. We can all do it. Mm. I don't know why when you were talking just then, all of the things that you were saying, they really resonated with me. And then I started to think, I didn't praise my ex-girlfriend enough for the beautiful things that she did. I showed her love in a lot of ways that I thought maybe were suitable for me, you could, you could say. Um, but I didn't praise her enough. Yeah, because she used to make us cacao some mornings. She she got this whole cacao. She did a cacao training and she did this whole, she bought some actual cacao that got delivered from Central America somewhere. And then she would make us cacao some mornings and have like, we would have a real chilled one on the, on the mat, on the floor and listening to some you know, nice music. And so I don't know if I ever said thanks enough for those beautiful moments Um, maybe it's time now to say that yeah you're right you're right why not why not and also don't uh, feel bad about you not having said it then because it's okay just forgive yourself for not saying it then but maybe even send a message if you don't want to call and say it just came to me and i'm really grateful for so many moments and i'm sorry i never expressed it that's the magic right Mm. and she will i'm sure she will receive it very well 
Well, you know, like it, that gets me thinking that obviously you have overcome a lot of experiences in your life's journey. And that sort of brings me to think about you and your story and how you've evolved so much. And I remember in our original episode, you talked about having a lot of guilt associated with when your father mentioned that your brother was going to die, that the first thing that you thought was good because obviously you wanted him to potentially be out of pain, but also that it was very dramatic in the family as well. So, and you've come through that and you've worked on that yourself, but has there been times in your life where you've had to sort of swallow a bit of pill of humility and, you know, maybe say something, (laughs) you know, say something that someone deserves to hear, even though it's hard for you to say. Mm thinking of an example but yeah you know it's i always like to say we are human and the humanness is beauty being human means everything the bliss and the love and the pain and the anger and everything and the the pitfalls and the peaks and all of that so of course there are many moments where i for example my insecurity get triggered so somebody is much better at playing the guitar and i suddenly feel like i'm projecting onto them you know because I feel insecure about my guitar playing and instead of then thinking wow they're amazing and celebrating them I kind of a little bit kind of (laughs) I know exactly yeah quickly with them you know because it reflects my own insecurity so and that is also okay it's nothing wrong with it but it's good to be aware of it and uh, what is beautiful and what I try to do to also express it to that person and say, I'm sorry, maybe I was a bit prickly because I really got triggered because you are, look, you are 20 years younger than me. You're an amazing guitar player, medicine woman. And, you know, I feel like I'm getting into my insecurity a bit when I see you already shining at the age of 25 like that. And obviously I love it and I celebrate you and it's amazing. But there's a little part of me that feels a bit, oh God, you know. me like 20 years to get there and um, yeah so just owning that as well that humanness and yeah I feel really insecure now or there are moments where I I really don't feel confident about my work you know it's maybe somebody criticized me in my ceremony the other day and it took me half an hour an hour to get myself back together you know although I should just say I know exactly what I'm doing and we have been doing this for years and it works really well there's then oh no shit maybe she's right and maybe this wasn't so great and that's interesting also to observe in myself but again the key is to have compassion for self and for that moment of oh god I lost my confidence and also what helps me a lot to bring it out into the open so for example in the sharing I shared that that happened and uh, usually you would think as a space holder when you share this weakness or vulnerability that people think oh but she should know she's doing this work but the feedback was thank you for sharing that because that shows your authenticity you know you are also human and always will be in this lifetime of course and we all no matter how much work we've done we have moments of insecurity we have moments of kind of doubting and um, maybe they become less and less, but they still can happen, right? And it's good also to keep you humble, like you just said. Yeah, I do love that because, you know, obviously, and people can, will follow you online, um, you know, on your Instagram, like you said, there's so much that you share that's about the world that we're not familiar with, you know, and especially the plant medicine journey that you're on. 
and the teachings and, and your knowledge in that space. But I'm really glad that you touched on these kind of more relatable parts of the human experience, if you will, mm-hmm. and that you have similar struggles as well to me or someone else. And I, I can resonate with that guitar one. I was like, oh, God, I just wish I could play guitar like that person. Um, <laughs> But yeah, and it's, it's kind of got me thinking as well because I do love the way that you said like there's beauty in the humanness, you know, and being human because at the moment, and I'm not sure how much you spend online and hearing about artificial intelligence and things like that and people getting all concerned that it's going to take over and things like that. It's funny because I was talking to someone the other day about that and I was thinking, no, 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 you got this wrong. With artificial intelligence taking away some of our menial repetitive jobs, potentially, mm-hmm. it's going to free up some space for humans to do what they do best and that's learn how to feel and mm-hmm. learn how to be better humans, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I, I have engaged a little bit in that space and it's exciting of course in a way it's exciting but i'm still not quite sure what to make out of it as well i haven't really made my mind up um it's exciting i find it exciting but also of course we see there's a potential of losing ourselves in it as well somehow right and losing the humanness and are we not talking to each other anymore is it just like this ai talking to each other and we are we're just giving that resp- uh, all full responsibility somehow yeah I, I haven't quite made my mind up and i think possibly many people are at that kind yeah. of in that place right yeah mm-hmm. at that intersection but for sure i mean what you talked about before about you know us having our human sides and that part of us that that we're flawed and that we're you know that we have insecurities and doubts and concerns and and that we feel things i think great Let's keep talking about that. Let's keep doing that because that's one thing that, like, an AI can't be insecure, you know. Uh, And I I like the way that you called it losing ourselves in that because Mm -hmm. I also think sometimes when you lose something, you have the potential to find something again as Mm -hmm. well. So, yeah, that's, I don't know why I got down that track of AI. It's just, you know, I just talk about whatever comes to my mind. He's in the field. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. you, you've been awesome. And I'm not sure, like, have we covered everything? Because I feel like this is really an update episode. And mm-hmm. as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to bring you on to get an update because I feel like you do ground me a little bit. You bring me back to a place and you, hopefully my audience as well feels the same. I know that some of them absolutely do feel like that about you, that you bring this other perspective that we need to remember exists out there yeah. but i'm not sure if we've covered everything that you wanted to update us on <laughs> i feel i'm very happy with it because it's i feel we, we covered a lot of new things and uh, new subjects and maybe sometimes there's a danger that one repeats oneself but i think we we did well uh, what i would like to maybe share is that the, this year was the first year again that i have been offering my own retreats especially in europe and uh, this is a beautiful opportunity if you want to get out of sometimes it's really hard to get out of our routines and the rut race and that's what we've been doing but maybe hasn't been quite empowering for us but it's also hard to take ourselves out of and do something a little bit different so and sometimes maybe a one-off ceremony is not quite enough so i've been offering retreats again and one more is coming up as well in ireland so it's uh, great to come together in a in a place in nature in a beautiful place with the tribe you know, the tribe that has uh, heard the calling to join 
and to really totally without having anything to worry about to immerse yourself into this work again of remembrance of who you are and especially this one uh, it's called immersion for light workers so it's for everyone who feels i have so much magic to share i have these gifts and talents maybe you don't even know what they are yet but uh, you know there are some that can really people other people can benefit from it and you can feel when they're around you they you can make a positive impact so it's to help you to discover what are actually these gifts and talents and hey how can you share them wider And um, yeah, so I'm really excited about it because it will be a, a total reset for those who come and hopefully catapulting them into the role of space holders and teachers themselves, you know. And that doesn't mean you have to have a big experience before you come. If you feel called to, then that will be for you. And yeah, I will continue. There will also be a retreat in Guatemala, uh, in a child retreat and more coming up in Europe next year. So I'm really excited to offer these again. Yeah, I used to do that um, when I was teaching Kundalini Yoga. That's some years ago. Then I had a break with offering retreats and now it's the first year that I've offered them again. And um, yeah, so I just want to share that with, with the listeners. Great. Yeah. And so that's coming up in September. What's the dates of that? 13th to the 17th. And if you're listening in the future, this was 2023. <laughs> <laughs> you may have missed it. <laughs> I'm sure some of you are. Welcome. Welcome there will to be the more. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And okay, Thank cool. You. And well, you've been offering retreats. Is this the first one? No, you said you've done some in London, right? Uh, so this year that will be the fourth. Uh -huh. Okay. Fourth one. So Sweden, Austria, Berlin so far. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. How have you found that experience of getting back into retreats? Really beautiful because you can see how much, uh, especially the ones where we did five days. In Sweden, we did five days. Uh, you know, when I do my ancestor prayer work, a big part of it is actually get everybody to pray. I've never heard that powerful prayers in a ceremony because they were prepared over the days. And then Saturday, we had this big ancestor prayer circle and it was amazing. You know, I was get goose pimples now because there's so much work we've done before the prayers were spoken and they were spot on. Yeah, very special. So yeah, I love I love sharing this work. Oh, that's I awesome. Yeah, that's so awesome that you're now sharing retreats again after so many years of, of not doing it. And that for you, it's an amazing experience as well. It's um, mm -hmm. because I can imagine that it's work as well. You know, it's, it's worked off mm -hmm. of these retreats. So the fact that you're getting so yeah. much benefit out of it and so much joy out of it is it's really great for me to hear. And yeah, of course, where can people find out about your retreats and everything? Is, yeah, is that... the website, hamaima.com. Uh, and also Instagram is always a good one, Hamaima Love, to follow me also for music, etc. And uh, ceremony, so I'm traveling a bit more in Europe now before I go back to Guatemala for three months. And I also do online work, so coaching work. Um, so if anybody is interested that is one-on-one, -on -one, then they can get in touch and, you know, many different offerings, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So for everyone listening, I'm sharing hamima.com and um, her Instagram in the show notes of this episode so you can scroll down and have a read and click on the links to check it out and connect with Hamima and tell her how much you enjoyed listening to this episode, please. Uh, but yeah, as always, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. You do hold a special place in my heart as being, you know, one of my first guests. And I want to keep doing this from time to time, you know, because I feel like 
I'm enjoying the journey that you're on. I really am. I want to stay in touch. I would love to. Yeah, I would love to. And thank you for your trust as well and your friendship and your support. And it always also means a lot to me. So, And it always flows very beautifully and I feel very comfortable. Um, as I said, I've done others where it was a little bit uh, not so much in the flow. So thank you so much, Louis, for having me. Thank you, Amama. You make it so easy for me as well. And yeah, I just want to thank our listeners for sticking with us for another episode. It's been an amazing year for me in the podcast and there's going to be even more people listening to you this time than there was the first time so thanks to everyone listening thank you to Hamima uh, for being with us again Pleasure. thank you we'd love to know what you thought of that episode of the louis diaz podcast you can find us on instagram facebook youtube and even tiktok to let us know and be sure to follow subscribe and leave us a review on spotify where you can catch some of our other really great episodes Thanks for listening and catch you next time.